When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to episode number six of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy and excitement of a trip to the local movie store as a young kid? The excitement of walking up and down the aisles, browsing the names and the artwork, and finally deciding on the movie you were going to take home with you. Yes, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era and streaming platforms where you don't even have to get off your couch, but there was something truly special about making that trip as a child, picking a movie out by hand, and falling in love with it when you got home alone. On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from the movie rental store era to see if they still hold up. I'm your host, Mike Schulte, and joining me as always, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern lookalikes, Sean Breyer and AJ Vans. How the heck are you? What's it going to be? Who's who? I I hate that this is the, I think I'm probably Joe Pesci, though. (laughs) Wait, wait, who's shorter? Uh, well, I am Sean Short. Well, then there you go. Hey, that's that's right. the number one I'm attribute. Of those. Yeah. I'm an Oscar winner. It's fine. I'm it's fine. Joe Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Daniel Stern. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty pretty spot on. There we go. Yeah, yeah impersonations. That's, that's why we're on the show, Mike. <laughs> well, that's why I asked you to be here. Well, first I want to tell you about another review. The reviews are flying in. I thought we'd have to make them up as we went, but somebody stop them. Somebody <laughs> stop giving us reviews. Keep going, please. We need more. Please. Review time. This uh, this week's review is from name Butt Saucman. <laughs> Is their username Butt Saucman? <laughs> butt Saucman, yeah. M O N. Butt Butt Saucman. Is it all one word? Yeah, Butt Saucman. Okay, but great. capital on each of the words. Okay. Right. Butt Saucman. Yeah. Okay, Sean, you're gonna love this. <laughs> Saucman. Okay, so it's called Sean is my favorite. Oh, oh man. No, I'm serious. It says sensitive, dark and mysterious. Not afraid to stand up for what he believes in. Mike and AJ are okay, but Sean, ellipses, the best. <laughs> Call me. Oh, no, no. That's what it says. Oh, yeah. Go on Apple Podcast and read it. Wow. Bud Saucman. Bud Saucman. Bud Saucman. I'll give my phone out right now. I don't care. I'm so lonely. Dude. Does that attract you? But let, let's at least put this. That was a five-star review. Wow. Hey, thank you. And we are very happy of that. And I'm telling you, five-star reviews are so important, not only for our amusement, because we like reading these, 
Uh, but if you can get on Facebook or your favorite podcast platform and leave us a good review, like we're going to read it on the air. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Season of giving. All we want for Christmas is five star reviews. I'm fulfilled. I don't know about you guys. Well, if there's, but, um, if there's three things that Sean loves, it's butts, sauce, and men. Yeah. So. No, mon, M O N. Mon. Mon. Well, mon. Mon. I mean, oh. I like Jamaican men. Yeah. Let's do it. Mondays, Mondays are, you know, they're Mondays. Today. Go ahead. Mondays. <laughs> I can hate Mondays. <laughs> but if you throw a little sauce and some butts in there. I'll, Nobody's perfect, Sean. I'll put a Monday. <laughs> put a Monday in the whole top, uh, top of the line. Okay. Stop. Of, the, of the week there. I'll put them in there. We good? Oh, we're good now. Should I stop? Moving along. <laughs> we got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. Uh, edit this out. That is for my record. <laughs> so it's officially Christmas season now, and it feels damn good. I mean, we are getting damn close to that uh, amazing holiday of Christmas. We teased it on the big episode, but I think this is a cool topic that I think everybody can relate to. Toys that you always wanted, but you never got for Christmas. Because oh, I think we are all there. Yeah. Unless you come from a super rich family where you just got whatever you wanted, yeah. which I know we all did not. No. Um, there was always that one specific toy that like you want, you got the JC, JC Penny toy catalog <laughs> yes. and like that, that's nostalgia overload oh, for me is yeah. thinking about looking through that amazing catalog and all these toys and the prices and you'd circle them and you'd give them to your parents and be like, give that to Santa Claus. <laughs> I remember how big my list got because of those catalogs. Yeah. And yes. Just, like looking back, just how, how absolutely like unreal <laughs> it's just like there's no way i would have gotten like every a third one of, of the, like a quarter of <laughs> but it, you had to, you, had to it. you knew that you weren't going to get them all so you at least had to throw a bunch on yeah there. you got to yeah. cast a wide net correct overload it's, it it's yeah. a funnel you yeah. know Exa- you're right you're right <laughs> even today you know i just put put out a ridiculous amount of things for people to get you and yeah. see what you get yeah, it's like tinder right yeah man I remember from, I'll tell you what mine was. I mean, this is clear as day. It was an RC Tyco. It was called the RC Tyco Typhoon. And it was a, it was a hovercraft. It was a remote control hovercraft and it could go on, it could go on land or water. Like it just, it just went on land and water. So it, so it just had the air tube around it and it kind of floated (laughs) on thing. And dude, I had this mental image that I was going to take it to this park near us that had like a playground next to it and a field and then it had a lake and I was just going to show off and I was going to be like, look, I'm driving in a remote control car. Oh wait, it's on water. Now it's flying around the water. Now it's up. Like, <laughs> I had this mental image that I was just going to do that and I was going to be so cool. And I asked for it every year oh, and man. I never got it. And I did look it up. It's still like available. You know, it's like <laughs> kid toys from the eighties. And it's like, these things suck. They never worked right. They broke on the first day. I'm like, well, thank it's like God. The cell met truck stops. Now he's like, <laughs> yeah. what? this is prestigious material. <laughs> Exactly. What do you remember? Do you remember the toy that you guys always wanted? Uh, for I think for me it was a because uh, um, I got I got like I want I remember one year like wanting a skateboard like really really bad, but I wanted a, a specific one, and I got like the knockoff, obviously, yeah. or like the Walgreens version of it. Um, but maybe disturbingly, I wanted a gun. <laughs> A gun? Uh, wanted, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not laughing. I wanted a six shooter revolver, <laughs> like a um, real one. My uh, my friend had, and we were kids. <laughs> my friend had like a legit gun that was a real gun, and like a, like it was the barrel was welded, and like it could never. Okay, shoot no, no, no. I know what you're like talking about. Totally. It was just like a you know like a prop gun, pretty much. But I thought it was so badass, and I was so into guns. I'm like, can I get one of those? And my mom was just like. 
I let you out of the house way too much <laughs> and the let you out way too late have. for you to bring that out of the house. You will die. Yeah. You, will get, you will get shot by a real gun. So I never got it. <laughs> what about you, AJ? Wow. I, have, I have two. <laughs> oh, okay. I have two that came to mind. And so the first one, the fucking bomb. The first one, it was a toy. I don't know if you guys would remember these. Uh, it was a toy. There was one toy. called Technozoids. They're called Zoids, and their tagline. I remember Zoids, yeah. Zoids, but they, they had these. They were these models that you built, and then they powered up, and they would move around, and they yeah. could be like remote control. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. They're called Technozoids, and their tagline was, "You don't just build them; you bring them to life." <laughs> and I thought it was the coolest thing. They, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "I need to have these." Marketing geniuses. Yeah, back and then. I was just like. And it was all rock and roll and fire and lava and all this cool <laughs> stuff that these gorillas and Tyrannosaurus Rexes were stomping through. And you're just like, oh, I want that. Never got it. Never got it. But then I also, my, my other thing was I really wanted a Power Wheels. Yeah. Yes. I wanted Power Wheels. I wanted my own car. Now, the, here's the reason I wanted it, okay? I always thought kids <laughs> were super stupid. They were like, you know how kids are like, oh, yeah, you want to go on a date? Like, we'll go on a date. Like, I had friends who said, yeah, we went on a date. I was like, well, how'd you get there? And it's like, you can't drive. You have, to, like, have your mom take you or something. I thought, I thought that was lame. I was like, well, if I had a Power Wheels, I could go get a date. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I could, Didn't get one. I, I, could, I could totally just go and, and, like, drive it down to her house. Then we could go to the movies or something. And it's just like. You explained to your parents that that's why you wanted it. Yeah, that's yeah, why you didn't like, get cool, it. That's, you're all not of, getting that. All them ladies in the box were like, AJ Vince, he yeah. drives. He drives. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. In line for the super loops. <laughs> we just tie this all back together, aren't we? So, I think our parents you know. were pretty smart. Looking back, like that that hovercraft had terrible reviews. Yeah. So my parents were pretty smart on that. Looking back, yes, you shouldn't have had a gun, Sean. <laughs> right. AJ, you shouldn't you be dating. About? You shouldn't be dating. You just got kid. married, okay? At eight years old. Oh yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way, but uh, say it officially on the show. Hey, all right, all right. <laughs> In case you were wondering from the last episode, AJ was the one that got married. I did, okay. I did. Thank you. Our parents knew what was best for us. It's true. Well, and speaking of things that you wished for for Christmas, the main character of our movie actually got what he wished for. (laughs) You like that? It's time to introduce. (laughs) It's time to introduce our movie of the episode, one of the all-time best Christmas movies, 1990s smash hit that spawned four sequels. You guys, and there are four, and apparently one in the making right now. Jesus, I'm of course talking about. Home alone. Hey. So Sean, let's uh let's hear what you got. You Hook us up with the scene. How are sure you gonna handle this? Made? I think so. Okay. Home Alone, 1990. Listen, everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah. Written by John Hughes, directed by Chris Columbus, uh, director of photography, Julio McCat, music by fucking John Williams, stunts. Uh I, I got the stunt man on here um, in particularly. Uh Troy Brown, he wasn't the coordinator or anything, but I wanted to include him in, in this rundown because he's really important. Uh, and the cast, Macaulay Culkin as titular Kevin McAllister, Kevin, or, uh, Catherine O'Hara, John Hurd, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, Roberts Blossom, you know, John Candy in a, in a really, really small role. I mean, we'll, we'll get to we'll him. We'll get to him, yeah. But, um, so John Hughes pretty much wrote this movie for uh chris columbus uh he after defining the 80s pretty much he saw he 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 was inspired by the scene in uncle buck of uh macaulay culkin because he's in uncle buck as well uh interrogating uh john candy in that movie and he really liked his charisma that much that he inspired him to write a character like that 
to lead an entire movie. So that's how he came up with the idea was pretty much spawned off of Macaulay Culkin. Um, that's, that's amazing. I, I loved him and Uncle yeah. Bob. Yeah. It was yeah. so perfect. I love that. But we're going to cover that. Sometime. Yes, we will. Oh yeah. Columbus. Uh, well, I mean, as, as opposed to, you know, discovering America as well, Columbus was supposed to direct <laughs> National Lampoon's Xmas Vacation. Right. Also written by Hughes. And wow. yeah, like they were signed by the same agent and, mm-hmm. um, they were like, they just loved each other's work so much. It was like a completely just, uh, f- uh, flourishing, uh, collaborative, uh, kind of duo that they were, they were, they just like, I wrote this for you. You directed, I wrote this for you. You directed, they just kind of did that for each other. Uh, but yeah, he was supposed to, uh, Columbus is supposed to direct Xmas, uh, vacation also written by Hughes. Uh, Chris and Chevy Chase did not get along whatsoever. Yeah. Cause apparently Chevy Chase is a, no one gets along with Chevy Chase. No one does. Uh, he backed out eventually. Um, he, he was, he directed some second unit on it, which, uh, is made it into some of the movie, but, um, that's about it on, on, uh, Christmas vacation. So, uh, John Hughes felt kind of bad for him and, and wanted to give him this movie. Uh, and so he did WB was initially, uh, going to buy the project, um, they offered uh, 14 million, but the the producers thought they needed 14.7, and they just were not budging on it. And what a huge, huge, I emphasize huge, <laughs> fucking mistake that was on Warner Brothers. Yeah. Um, 20th Century Fox swept in, and there and as as opposed to a big kind of like disagreement fight with the budget, uh, 20th Century Fox was just kind of like um. Yeah, we don't have a Christmas movie this year. Let's just do it. Let's do it. So they gave him $17 million to make this movie. Okay. Culkin wow. uh, was cast based off his role in Uncle Buck, as I said. Columbus wanted to do uh, his directing duty, actually, and asked uh, John Hughes if he could. Um, he kind of knew. He, he knew the story of Macaulay Culkin uh, inspiring them, pretty much the script. Uh, but he wanted to do his directing diligence. Of course. And, and so he... Uh, interviewed and uh, auditioned 200 plus kids oh at least, <laughs> uh, but also ultimately, obviously, landing on Macaulay Culkin, uh, who was just charmed everybody yes, and was just perfect. The best. Um, Culkin's dad is actually a pretty uh, overbearing uh, dickhead uh, and wouldn't let the uh, them hire Macaulay Culkin if they didn't hire his brother Kieran Culkin, yep. who plays uh, his cousin in the film Four. <laughs> Which yeah. is really weird, <laughs> and he's, but he's actually good in it. He's actually yeah. got a, like yeah. a cute kid in it. Um, <laughs> Fuller. <laughs> if he drinks too much pop, he farts or some shit. He, he wets <laughs> the bed. <bro. laughs> <laughs> that look he gets. Uh, Robert De Niro, Danny DeVito, Chris Lloyd, John Lovitz, among many considered for the roles of any any of the Wet Bandits. Uh, Robert De Niro turned it down, obviously, but having a huge uh, working relationship with. Um, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern uh, wanted the role so badly because uh, he he loved the physical comedy aspect of it. He thought that was going away in movies, and uh, we're all the better for it because I think he's one of the best parts of the movie. Like Joe, Joe Pesci, comedy. yeah, Joe Pesci is like probably the best actor. I mean, he is the best actor in the entire film, but Daniel Stern to me is just like the standout, like Three Stooges, yeah. you know, aspect of the movie. Um, did you guys know that Daniel Stern also did the voiceover for the Wonder Years? That was Daniel Stern. Wow, yeah, I didn't did not know that. that. I did not know that either. Knowledge I, bombs. Yeah. Boom. Um, here we go. Columbus was a huge fan of Pesci, uh, and particularly his comedy bits in Raging Bull. Believe it or not, um, Pesci and Stern were already uh, pretty good friends. They did a movie before this together that their scenes got cut out of, but once they got on set and then realized that they were cast with each other, they were pretty happy about it. 
the film was number one grossing comedy of all time until The Hangover 2, uh, which is mm. not that long ago. <laughs> no, wow. no. Uh, 12 weeks at number one. And in fact, it, it was so, it, it maintained that momentum for 12 weeks uh, that Chris Columbus did his next movie and it came out and, and Home Alone <laughs> was still number one. That's amazing. Can you fucking believe that? His his new movie that he made after Home Alone got blown out of the water by his previous movie probably a year and a half before. Good God. Can't believe it. Well, so, it, I mean, obviously well-received, one of the best Christmas movies of all time. Yeah, there, there was a couple other things I saw that it, it won 11 out of 16 nominations after it came out in multiple things, including uh, Oscar nomination for Best Song and Best Score. Oh, wow. Cool. Uh, Golden Globes nomination for Best Picture, uh, Comedy, and Best Actor. Uh, one of the ones they did win, of course, Kids' Choice Awards mm. favorite movie. <laughs> like, I mean, that's <laughs> just the duh. best movie yeah, of all time. Here you go. Here you go. We're just going to not have this category anymore. You, you won. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let's, uh, let's talk about the first time when you saw the movie. AJ, when, do you remember the first time you saw this thing? I was very young. All the jokes went so far like it was a lot of it was just so far over my head i remember that like i can't give you a distinct time but i remember watching it as a kid per se you know and every single joke like for some reason like when i watched this again as we were prepping for this i had these like little blips that kept popping up like oh my god oh my god like when he's shooting the um little figurines out of the laundry chute Oh, yeah. Why did that hit me when he's climbing up the shelves? Why did that hit me? Yeah. All these little things. And you're just like, you, you like I say, when I was a kid, like I just got to watch movies on TV whenever they came yep. around. And yep. like, we did rent this, um, from Adventureland video. Yep. I know that. I know that for a fact. Um, but I don't know. I think, uh, those are the things that's what really takes me back about this movie is the way I felt when I started rewatching it. And I got all these little tiny blips that happened again. You remembered seeing that yeah. scene for the first time. Yeah, exactly. It was just, is really, really strange, honestly. Cause honestly, home alone was one of those that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't rewatch it a ton. I always watched home alone too. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Because that was like, that's what happened. It came out my... when you were a little older. Yeah. So that was your movie. So right? that was more like, yeah, that hit me harder. So, but Home Alone, I remember watching it, but I remember also being really scared at points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there are some really spooky yep. moments in this. Like when the, the pizza get kid shows up the second time and he's like, got the TV going, that's, that's scary. <laughs> that's scary. Dude. I don't know. Lots of things like that. And that's what I remember. Like, I remember the takeaway for that. And like I say, most of this is probably with, uh, um, I think this is one of those that I actually specifically remember watching with my brother, David, mm. um, that, that I remember him showing me this movie. I was, I was eight. So I, I think like we specifically rented this movie from the movie store. That was like a, you heard about it. You saw commercials, you ran through the store, yeah. picked up your VHS copy to take home to rent. And I mean, we, I don't know if we ever owned this movie, strangely enough, but I think it, we rented it anytime the holidays were near mm-hmm. up until the spot where you could start, you know, watching it on TV and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I, I specifically remember the yeah. first time we rented that a movie. What about, what about you, Sean? Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is one of the mo- first movies that we actually owned on VHS, this and the sequel, honestly. And that's probably how I first watched them. Uh, and like AJ was saying, uh, watching the second one a little bit more than the first one, I probably did that too, just because we were, we were having a conversation earlier. Um, 
that I bleed some of some of detail some of the details in the second one over to the first one and and vice versa. <laughs> Uh, like they're just kind of like the same movie to me when I, right, I, right. I, I think the first one is obviously way more superior, but I think the second one is like just as good and just as entertaining. But, yeah. um, yeah, uh, probably VHS yeah. around eight, eight or nine. Somewhere well, around well what's the, what's the initial rating when you were a kid, when you first saw this AJ? Oh man. Uh, when I first saw this one, I was probably at like a 6.5. Okay. 6.5. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, okay, cool, good good movie, but I also don't understand it. Yeah, because I was too young, and I think I didn't quite resonate, you know? And I was just like, I was like, yeah, this is funny because yeah. it has that slapstick yep. humor yeah, and the of screams. And people the, getting hurt. Machines, right. like, and, that's all I want to see. You know, and like stuff like that. But I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, he lit his head on fire. And, he, you know, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that's really funny. It's like, that's not funny. That's, that's <laughs> terrifying. You could, you could get but hurt, kid. That was what it was. It's just like the screams, the shock value, yep. the, the slapstick. So, yeah, it's, it's but that's what kept me into it. So it's yeah, like a six. I would. This is the ultimate kid power movie for me. I was <laughs> right. I was like, I'm like the same age as Macaulay Culkin. So oh, this yeah. was like, man, I could do that too. Like yeah. kids, kids rule. And then you throw in Christmas theme. Like I mean, I was in love with this from day one. I was a ten. Like there was no better movie than this mm-hmm. when I first saw this for sure. I'm going solid seven probably. Yep. Six point five out of seven or six point two two a seven. Um yeah, I just I just knew that I liked it. Like AJ was saying, like how can you not like all the slapstick bullshit in it? And Macaulay Culkin kind of just embodying whatever you'd want to do when you're alone. You yes. know, perfectly. Exactly. Well well let's I mean before we dive into this, uh Sean has made it known that this is his favorite part of the episode when AJ reads reviews. <laughs> so let the record state that, AJ. <laughs> Tell us, tell us the ratings, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and then get us some good reviews. Yeah. So this is this is pretty uh, surprisingly not like somehow still not well enough like received by some of the critics. This is sixty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Weird. Well, much like we said, so. like I think if it's a Christmas movie, it can never go above a certain point. <laughs> yeah, don't you think? Right. Like, yeah, it's really weird. Totally. You're, I figured this one would though. Like this one's just like. It feels like that. Like you yeah. feel like it kind of transcends the holiday. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and that's why I feel about it. Because, like, yeah, there's Christmas lights and other stuff like that. And like, you know, it's the the idea of like uh, being uh, like without your no supervision, doing what you're gonna do. I don't know. Uh, I feel like it transcends the holiday. But yeah, sixty five percent. That's the tomato meter. That is that is critical reviews, critics, uh, but audience obviously loved it. As you said earlier, it stayed in the like number one for how long mm-hmm. um and that's 80 yeah. percent from audiences on rotten tomatoes so um other than that 6.5 imdb but that's the th- the problem i have with imdb is there's so many reviews i've said this before <laughs> there's nearly half a million reviews <laughs> posted on imdb so 6.5 from those users right um so I, I on some of these i have i have to think that like um some people didn't even know what movie they were watching when I kind of read some of these reviews. I'm like, I don't think you know what's going on. And so, uh, but let's start with some of the critics. Uh, TV Guide Magazine. First, Always reliable. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're, we're, we're hitting the hard-hitting, reliable sources here, guys. People so, trust us. TV Guide Magazine. 
63 out of 100. Uh, the first half of Home Alone features the sugar-coated sentimentality that can usually be found in a Hughes film, while the second half is full of unanticipated sa- sa- sadism? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whoa, that took a turn. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, I always love to hear Roger Ebert. Uh, he's also a 63. All plausibility, all plausibility is gone. He also loves sadism. So. <laughs> There's anyone out there. Uh, all plausibility is gone. We sit back detached to watch stuntmen and special effects guys take over a movie that promised to be the kind of story audiences could identify with. Interesting. Hmm. Sit back detached. Well, detached from reality, I imagine. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? So it's like, oh, obviously, this is just over the top. These guys should be dead. We're, like, all, we're all in on the joke. Yeah, yeah. we all, yeah. We get it. Uh, I'll give you, I'll give you uh, uh, some of the higher ones. Uh, the Washington Post. This holiday contender from John Hughes is too crass, too loud, and too violent to be added blithely to Christmas viewing traditions. But it is funny. <laughs> TBS, we know funny. Yeah, that's right. That was an eighty. It sounded like it was going to go worse than that. He yeah. still gave it an eighty. I was going to say, like, I, like, boy, it started really, really dark. But, but they just liked the comedy out it of was it. Funny. So it was they, a funny they just, movie. They just gave it to. It's like it sounds like they just gave it to it because it's John Hughes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I do yeah. love a good John Hughes yeah. flick. Who the fuck doesn't? Doesn't you know? So you I got... want to know if there's anybody out there who yeah, doesn't come, like. Come on, man, you got to give us give us the worst I'll, one you found. Uh, <sighs> Somebody hates this movie so, deep down within their soul. There is a lot of people that love it, though. Like the, <laughs> people, people just say Christmas favorite every year. Good acting storyline. They, I feel like a lot of the positive ones. They don't really know what they're talking about, though. They're just like, I love this movie. <laughs> and so <laughs> they're writing this review in June because yeah, they haven't they, seen it in six months. He slips on the ice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. Oh man. Like I have to, I have to believe that that so and so in September on September eighth of two thousand one watched Home Alone, you know, and there's this ten out of ten. Ooh. Weird. <laughs> What's that? September eighth. So like three days before September eleventh. Well, yeah. Well, that's when this review came up. That's when this review came up. <laughs> oh my! Okay, it was before. Well, it was before. I, I know, it but still, happen. like, okay, go I ahead and read so it. I'm so interested to see <laughs> yeah, what this says. I know. Home Alone is a lovely movie, and I consider it the greatest family film ever made because of the storyline and well-developed plot. Everything you know about family is about to change. I'm so sorry. The actors are fantastic. Also, I'm not going to comment on it much, but my suggestion is that if you haven't seen this movie, you should. You will feel better throughout the movie. <gasps> feel better you'll feel better about just life you just you should just watch this movie every day because you never know what the fuck's gonna happen (laughs) within three days from now you know (laughs) this took i i apologize guys this took a little bit of a dark turn (sighs) well let's take we haven't even got to the review comedy (laughs) (laughs) uh well this this might be even worse honestly so this is this did take a darker turn i I found this review and i knew i had to bring it i watched this movie right after my mom's funeral yeah (laughs) This is uh, Boyvin84839. Butt Sossman? On, De- <laughs> <laughs> on December 22nd of 2018. So right before Christmas. Okay. okay. This movie made me extremely uneasy. Whoa. The two idiots have no brain and do not understand the concept of thinking. <laughs> Their idiocy made me scared to further interact with others, resulting in me isolating myself <laughs> from the outside world. I am indeed now... Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Ty, can we can we pause this episode for a second? I just need to think about this a little. <laughs> take a minute. We take a walk. It's it's a little. It, I I feel like they read Home Alone. And saw like some like the trailer, and then just like formed their own idea about it without actually watching the movie. Okay, fan theory that was Lydia from oh. Beetlejuice. <laughs> yes, just I in her super de- alone, <laughs> <laughs> right before she she plummeted <laughs> off the bridge. Oh, so here's 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 one. We'll we'll brighten this okay. back up with bring, some, it, with bring some us back up. Why? Why do people want to watch this trash movie on Christmas? It's literally about a boy who tortures robbers that have invaded their his home. He says evaded, by the way. Wrong, <laughs> wrong word. That evaded his home. Where is the Christmas spirit? Where is Santa? Nothing about this movie screams Christmas. So why is it a popular Christmas movie? It's just a two-hour lie. <laughs> <laughs> Did Elf from... The Will Ferrell character from Elf, right? That review? <laughs> we should boycott this movie from being a part of the Christmas season and watch other movies like The Santa Claus. Oh! Whoa. Or hell, even The Nightmare Before Christmas. What? This is a better Christmas movie than this. Trash, trash, trash. Wow. Two, wow. three trashes. Three trash? Okay, well, I mean. He's right. He's right that Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie, though. I mean, I agree. Thank you. It's also a Halloween movie. It's fucking not, though. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. All right, well, I Weird. guess I guess uh, without making people wait any longer <laughs> to g- actually get into the review of the movie, yes, we should Solid. no longer ado. Here we go. <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> So the McAllister family is preparing to spend Christmas in Paris, France, gathering at Peter and Kate's home in a Chicago suburb on the night before their departure. The youngest son, Kevin, is the subject of ridicule by his older siblings, Buzz, Jeff, Megan, and Lenny. Later, Kevin accidentally ruins the family dinner after a scuffle with Buzz, resulting in him getting sent to the attic of the house as punishment, where he wishes that his family would just disappear. During the night, heavy winds damage the power lines, which causes a power outage and resets the alarm clocks, causing the family to oversleep. In the confusion and rush to get to the airport, Kevin is accidentally left home alone. Uh, yet again, uh, a movie that starts off with a, a kind of a, a, a kid in uh, uh, wants to be something that he's kind of not or wants to have something that he doesn't have, right. uh, makes a wish. A storm bruise, <laughs> and maybe that wish comes true. <laughs> big, the big curse. Oh, the big curse. Come on now. I like that. I think we we can start like a Reddit feed on that. The big curse. The big I curse. Think we're right? going to do that. Well, one other thing I'm also going to start. This is the first official. We're gonna, I'm going to make like a siren go off, and it's going to be called. This is this is a movie where had cell phones been a thing, the movie would have never happened. <laughs> it would have never happened. <laughs> this is the first one. Six yep. episodes in. This is the first one where literally like. Yep. Kevin would have a cell phone and they would land and they'd be like, Kevin, what are you doing? Like, we didn't disappear. We're in Paris. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't come. Like, oh, what, mom? I didn't know. Like, roll yeah. credits. And good. Roll credits. <laughs> You're good. Just go to Aunt Bertha's house. It's fine. I do like how they how they are able to give like good reasoning as to why they can't get in touch with them. 
They do give some good reasons. Yeah, they it does work. It, it, it all, works it all really, works really well. well. It's very quick, but it works really well. My my biggest thing, I think Charlie from Santa Claus showed up and started annoying these express the neighbor band. kid. Yeah, he's the epitome. <laughs> turn. He's the epitome of dumb little kids. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so did you know though trivia that was one of the kids that auditioned to be Macaulay Culkin's part? Are yeah. you serious? And I guess they were just like, well, clearly you're not going to get the the main role, but like you're really annoying. So a lot of just... those kids are in the movie. Are they so, really? Yeah, yeah, for like I'm I'm assuming in the church with the choir, probably. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes that, a lot of they said, well, we brought sense. you in for this, but you're not going to get it. Right. So how about you take this Because I'm, I'm sure he's such a, like, uh, Chris Columbus such a sweetheart. He's like, yeah, we'll put you in the movie. Here's yeah. some place for 200 kids, probably. Right. <laughs> well, d- d- does this man get good gas yeah, mileage? Do you so have four-wheel drive? You guys four-wheel drive. Do you have this? It's like, are they going, we're going to Orlando, but we got to pick up my grandma first down in Kansas. It's like, but yeah. the, Dude, the guy's perfect, though, because you can see him. I focused on him during this, the <laughs> yeah. van driver, and he's just rolling his eyes. He goes, gee, I don't know kid beat it come on kid <laughs> i'm Very from chicago. chicago come on kid what do you want me to do kids are people like that though are real go-getters and they real they get things in life i'm telling you yeah. like like asking questions going up to random people just being like hey what's 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 a van yeah. is this a good gas mileage what do you like my hat and like going through people's shit and stuff like that like People like that are successful, but clearly, no, like clearly none of the, like the McAllister kids like this neighborhood kid. <laughs> yeah, no They don't even see him. Yeah. Like they're so used to not even paying attention yeah. to this stupid kid that they don't even notice he's right. there. Yeah. It's perfect. And, and by the way, he, uh, I, I would like to know what their thought process was when they got the film developed from the camera that he snagged oh, yeah. and he just like snaps a shot in the fucking van. <laughs> no he's reason. like, you dick. That's not even a money. selfie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, cool. And he's just like, I bet that. That's kind of creepy. Like, why is there a picture of this van? That was in my bag. Like, <laughs> Wait, was he with us the entire time? <laughs> oh, my God. He's dressed exactly like him, though, which is really weird. It, 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 it does work out very like yeah. I read that they tried to fill all plot holes as best as they could to make sure that this is a very believable thing. Yeah. And when you start going, milk, OK, I believe it. it I think it still holds up. Yep. You know what I mean? It's still it's still understand because I on this on this uh, go around when uh, they're having their pizza. They're ten, twelve dollar pizzas or whatever the fuck it was. Um, one hundred twenty-two fifty. One hundred twenty-two fifty. Yeah, twelve dollars plus tip. Um, <laughs> which uh, one two two five zero is the end of my uh, social security number, by the way. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> but uh, changing. <laughs> no, no, that's the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, I noticed this time around that a really, really fucking quick edit is when the milk gets spilled on the counter. There are a couple tickets on the counter, right? And their passports and stuff, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But he throws it. He throws some stuff away, like napkins and stuff like that. He throws away Kevin's ticket. Yep, yep. There's a really fucking quick shot of his name on a ticket, and I'm like. Oh, wow. and it's important because they would have had they would have given right. those tickets to the lady and she would have been like they were missing someone right right and she probably would have gone down the plane and been like hey you're missing kevin i love right. how they trusted the op- the audience to either like just kind of the suspension of disbelief if they did notice that or just to like holy shit that's a really fine detail because it's really quick yeah. very quick yeah, and they could have sure. easily pulled someone else's out of it too but yeah. it was just kevin's yeah uh, the family, the McAllister family, they've got five kids, right? They all look Huge nothing family. alike, right. <laughs> and they all apparently are like the same age, kind of. And speaking of Michael C. Morona is uh, Jeff. Yeah, and he was he was Pete, Pete and Pete, Pete and Pete. And Pete. Yeah. He oh, had yeah. just he had just that's how the first thing he did was those Pete and Pete shorts. 
And then he had just started, I think, season one of Pete and Pete, and then he got cast. This was his first role. Oh, wow, cool. But I like, I love Pete and Pete, so I love Michael yes. C. Run. I love Slackers. When he yes, has, yes. He, he's, he's a good older brother. I, I like oh, him. Yeah. But they look nothing alike, so that b- makes me believe, like, Kate was sleeping around a little bit. Like, there's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, well, I don't buy that. They got the matching red hair. I yeah, mean, that's true. Like, that's the thing. Like, you know, I feel like there's got to be some foster family stuff happening here. Well, like, I don't care how much money you make. You're poor. You're paying for 14, 15 people Dude, to I thought, go to Paris. I thought when they, when I was a kid watching this movie, I thought they were all their kids. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like even like, I was like, is this just, is this like a, like a, a wife swap yeah, kind like, of yeah. situation? What are like, we doing what's here? What's going on here? And so I always thought that was obviously that's one of the biggest questions of around this movie is what did he do? Well, we made, we had our own fan theory that this is definitely Peter McAllister, General Peter McAllister, just reliving <laughs> uh, <laughs> from Lethal Weapon. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's like, what the hell does this guy do? Well, did, t- time out. So that okay. there, there's a meme that had been going around, going like, what, like, what did Kevin's dad do to have afford to take five kids right. to Paris, France? Well. Upon rewatch, which is why we do this, right? There's a line uh, where Peter McAllister says, no, my husband's brother transferred to Paris last summer and both of his kids are still going to school here. And I guess he missed the whole family. He's giving us all this trip to Paris for the holidays so we can be together. Uh, so Peter mm-hmm. McAllister did not pay for so these plane tickets. It's so he wants them to come to France. Boom. Right. So, man, like Peter McAllister's like hanging on for dear life financially. The interior of that house is garbage. I mean, it's a huge (laughs) house, but it looks terrible. Oh, yeah. There's nothing nice inside that house. No, that house is fucking gigantic. I think it's the (laughs) biggest house I've ever seen on the outside. Yeah, it's amazing. My thing is, is like, I I, I did want to comment on the decor of the house that you're just like, (laughs) you're like, is this what it was like? Is this 90s chic? Is that what this is? The (laughs) wallpaper, the tile? counters like the like you know what i mean like there's like it, just it stuff was it everywhere. was night 90s nice 90s sure. nice yeah yeah okay okay well, i just want to make sure and did you know too like to promote a, a stronger christmas vibe pretty much everything in the house is red and green like they they, they made those changes to the decor gotcha. to just give it that green carpet red wallpaper it's very christmasy in that house yeah yeah. Okay. I, I I would be remiss to not mention the score right now, just because it's what we started off with. Uh, John Williams, obviously, maybe one of the greatest, if not the greatest, uh, uh, music writer for movies ever. Um, obviously, Star Wars. You know everything. All of it. Um, but it starts out with this with this theme, and to me, when I whenever I hear the score of Home Alone, I just think that it's Christmas music. Like, I, I don't, I don't like, it's oh yeah, that's, point. it's, it's obviously now to me like, oh yeah, that's a home alone theme. But to me, right. To, or like, like as before I was like a film lover and dove into these kind of things. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh yeah, that's just Christmas music. You know, it's yeah. just, it's just that synonymous. And he was actually not the original, um, score writer for the, for the movie. Uh, I don't, it doesn't, I didn't find out who, who it actually was, but he was hired maybe like two weeks before. Uh, they like kind of like gave the movie to the studio to put out because his name wasn't even on the posters yet. Wow! So he wrote this as he was working on another movie, and it's one of the most iconic to me, anyway, scores of all time. Like, it is just beautiful. I I will tell you this. Uh, I like going through this. Everything is very believable, though, about how the 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 kids interact with each other. 
Is is if I'm, I'm going to say this though? Is Kevin McAllister kind of a shithead? He's a fucking asshole. Total. He's a shithead, right? Like, Complete shithead. He's a turd. Man. He's the youngest, so like he I'm, just gets shit on all yeah, the time. I, so and he, I'm not going to say that like like he is kind of justified like in his in his anger. Like he is getting dumped on in this day and of prep for this trip. But like they even make mention of like him being a turd before like this day. <laughs> it's like you're kind of a turd. This is he's like a little boy who cried wolf. Yeah. And this is his this is his penance. Like yeah, yeah. this is like you're being a turd. The whole family's here. Stop fucking it up. You're being a jerk. Like <laughs> and then like he gets to that scuffle. By the way. I really want to try a little Nero's pizza. Yeah, I kind of do. Too. I really Same. want to try that. Looks I mean, good, man. It looks the, like good pizza. One of the it's best. Fast. Yeah. One of the best on-screen pizzas of all time is the sequel. <laughs> outside of the limo. Yeah. I will say, but the Frank little little Nero's looks great. It looks yeah. so good. Like I I want that for myself. So. But uh, on top of him being a, a shithead, like if I was in trouble already. And was taken upstairs by my mom, and she happened to just say, "You're going upstairs to sleep up. Uh, you're going to go sleep upstairs." And then I said, "I am upstairs, dummy." <laughs> I would have got my fucking throat ripped out. The way he delivers that line is, I was, I was like, <gasps> I, I, I clasped my fucking pearls in my in my hands. I was just like, he's, like, I am upstairs, dummy. I'm like, dude, ooh. <laughs> it's like you and you and your brother's just like, <laughs> you fucked up, Yikes, dude. Well, and we can't move on past scene one uh, without starting maybe like an official Uncle Frank hate thread. Oh, yeah. Like Uncle Frank, the, the problem I have with Uncle Frank is he serves a purpose. He, he's that you hate him, but yeah. he never like gets what's coming to him in, yeah. in one or he two. Never does. Like he never gets. So did you know this is what's crazy? Well, first of all, two facts for you, Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer, yeah. dude, that would have been weird. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I, I mean, I, I would have liked it. It would have worked for sure. But yeah, but this guy played it really well. But uh, so it's rumored. It's not. We don't know this for sure. It's rumored that the original draft of the screenplay, Uncle Frank, is revealed as the real villain. And he's the villain. Oh, like, he hired Harry and Marv to work oh, for him wow. to rob Peter McAllister while they were gone. No Ooh. kidding. And that he also hired uh, he also hired them to kill Kevin. I think that's going <laughs> a little further, but <laughs> clearly Frank and Kevin do not get along. Yeah, he's a terrible person. Oh yeah. Well, and uh, like they're they're going to the airport, and obviously he is. He's Mister Cheapskate. He's like, oh, wouldn't want to ruin your cheap. Your trip, Mr. Cheapskate, and like, like all this stuff that uh, is that number one or number two? That's number one. I, I feel like I, I think it's know. number one. I'm not sure. Uh, either, either way, like, um, he's the shit character in both of them. Yeah, yes. he is. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad they brought back the same casting, by the way. Yeah, correct. Everyone. But, but in this. He is like every step of the way. He's just like, oh, it's it's my brother's house. He'll pay for the pizza. <laughs> like when he's in the when he's in the jet, like or in first class, and he's like, no, put that put that in your purse. It's put real that in crystal. Your I think he's it's like, real. and he, he, the first thing he says to the stewardess when he gets on the plane is like, uh, bring champagne, champagne, champagne. It's, it's, free. it's, it's, free, it's right? free, right? It's free. <laughs> and then she brings it around. He's like, fill, fill it up, fill, 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 fill it up, fill, fill it up, please. Up. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Trying to get all of his free money's <laughs> worth. Free there, fucking shit. There's even a subtle thing that I only heard this time that I think it's when the, the pizza comes and he goes, I, I only have traveler's checks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he goes, he goes, it's okay. We got it. But you can hear in the background, Peter goes, 
uh, he goes, you probably got the traveler's checks that don't work in France, I bet. Oh. Like, you can, like, hear him, like, on purpose. I mean, that's a little dig. At, <laughs> like they're, they're brothers in law, so, right, like, yeah. they maybe don't like each other. I bet that they much, don't. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, Which is why don't. he hired someone to rob Peter McAllister while they were gone. Yeah, Perfect no accomplice. Absolutely. <laughs> he'd, be my, he'd be first in my questioning, I tell yeah, you. Yeah, no shit. I, as, as, as it goes for uh, the second one, the second one. Is ju- is the same movie over again in New York, but with Tim Curry. That's the only yep. difference, yeah, yeah. and that elevates it just that much. <laughs> but anyway, completely agreed. Uh, do they just are cops just in uh, sitting in people's foyers that just are just right, sitting right. there waiting for the family? Very interesting. Out of all these houses, how did he get in? Yeah. You yeah, know, I mean, I know there. he's a professional crook, but uh, like robber, but but come on, like, how did he get the outfit? That, that's yeah, exactly. Very true. So it's I just. You know, he he walked in and the, didn't did he he lets in the pizza? Yeah, guy, oh yeah, doesn't he? Because he tries to hand him. He goes one hundred and twenty two fifty. Yeah. He goes, ah oh, no, I don't. I live here. It's like <laughs> it's just like man, like like how do these people get into here? Like I know you're the co- you're the cops, quote quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People trust you. I, yeah, I guess so. Like who the fuck let you in here? You can't talk. To, I don't know. It's just it's I don't like, know. It's like kind of weird. I, I still don't understand why he said it when Peter McAllister goes. Well, you know, we we got all the normal stuff. Uh, timers on our lights, locks for our doors, and he goes, "You get some eggnog or something," and then he just walks away. Yeah, and he goes, "Eggnog." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Like I don't understand I know, what that I, was. I thought that too, and I was just like, I was like, eggnog. Like what? You get some eggnog or something. <laughs> couple more things before we take off on this scene is we have to mention old man old man marley old man marley uh the what a great fucking serial killer setup that that is i would watch that movie in a heartbeat that's a great christmas slasher movie i would watch it doesn't that feel like buzz just made that up on the spot oh definitely Uh, he's clearly just trying to scare these guys buzz is his character and hit and the the uh the actor who plays him is fucking amazing because I laughed so hard this time around when they're him and it's him and his other brother hanging out at their yeah. cousin or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They're just hanging out, talking about something, probably looking at playboys and stuff like that. And then Kevin comes up fucking immediately. He just like, it's like it's in the back of his brain that he just like somewhere in the back of Buzz's brain, Kevin is annoying him and he's just ready. Anytime he hears an <laughs> inkling of his voice, he's like, Hey, hey, Buzz, what's up? He's like, What do you want, puke? He said, <laughs> says, Don't you know how to knock Flemwad? <laughs> <laughs> he's like doing something else, doesn't even see him, but he has it ready to go <laughs> like a fucking chamber. Yeah, he's just got these, he's just got these backloaded. Like, he really <laughs> I love hates it Kevin. so much. He hates Kevin. Uh, uh, later in the film, too, he's really good, too. When yeah, he's, he, got, at, he's got a couple good scenes at, in the hotel, he's really great, but yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's move along. So meanwhile, Kevin wakes up to find the house completely empty and is overjoyed to find that his wish came true. He takes full advantage and does whatever he wants around the house. The rest of the family does not realize they left Kevin behind until they are already airborne. Once in Paris, his mother and father desperately try to book a flight home. Back in Chicago, Kevin finds himself scared by the appearance of the Chicago Police Department, called by his parents to check on him. A scary movie. His next door neighbor, old man Marley, and the appearance of the wet bandits, Harry Lime and Marv Merchants. That's oh, their wow. those are their full names. Who Harry, are break who are breaking into other vacant houses on the block. Harry Lime is uh from uh, Orson Welles movie called The Third Man, is where, oh, they, really? where they got uh L Y M E. Uh yes. That's how it's spelled. 
Interesting. Never, never. I don't think they ever said their last names, so that's just probably from the script. But um, there, let, let's let's focus on Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern for a bit. There was a couple funny things that I read. Joe Pesci <laughs> deliberately avoided Molly, Macaulay Culkin on yeah. set because he wanted Culkin to fear him, mm-hmm. which I think that's a, that's a pretty kind of vet move. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. And he also Joe Pesci being a very Dirty, like lots of swear words. Yeah, type working man. on Scorsese movies. Correct. Oh <laughs> <It was like, laughs> yeah, he kept forgetting that he was filming a family movie. So, um, like during his character's onset burst, <laughs> he would he would let f bombs fly, and so Chris Columbus advised him to say fridge and yes. frick, and which is kind of an iconic fridge and frickin' 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 <laughs> He had uh, Colkin also uh, like had like a uh, bag going around to like collect money from people who were swearing around set and <laughs> shit. <too. laughs> yeah, that's, that's I bet he got a lot of money from Pesci. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got all his money from Pesci. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and they also, I also read that Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern felt really indifferent about the movie's potential right. while they were shooting. So, like, they intentionally gave these ridiculous over-the-top Over performances. The top. yeah, yeah. Which... You know, they didn't believe it was going to be a success, so they're like, who cares? No one's going to watch this movie. But them being over the top really made the majority of the movie for it me works. when they were on it. It yeah. works so well. They they are, like I said, like the Three Stooges. It's like we haven't, like, it It almost, like, banked on that, though. Like, with the, like, uh, trailer and everything like that, 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 it banked on bringing back that slapstick physical comedy that they were doing. And the whole movie builds up to this ridiculousness and it just works so well because it's them and they made that choice, you know? Yeah. There's a, there's actually, uh, it goes around. Daniel Stern wasn't the original casting for this. He was, uh, he, he had conflicts of actually getting cast into this part. And there was actually parts of it shot with the, now the original the original casting escapes me. You would recognize him if you saw him. The name's not very familiar. The name though. is yeah. not familiar at all though. And I'm just like so but it was actually shot with but the chemistry between this guy and Pesci wasn't clicking so that Daniel Stern eventually said, "Fine, I'll do it." Like mm. he wanted to do it, but he couldn't because there was I think it was either it was either not in the budget to get him hired or or he was also doing something else at the time. But he came back around and ended, ended up doing it, reshooting those shots and everything, and filling the void. Oh, so weird. At one point, we almost didn't have Daniel Stern. Oh, I can't yeah, imagine. Kind of like Back to the Future, huh? That's true. Woo! Eric Stoltz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, what a weird movie. I know. <laughs> I have to say that I love I love the editing in, um, it's kind of the scene before this, but uh, when they're all getting up and rushing, you yeah. know, we slept in. Um, (laughs) the editing in it is so fast paced and with that song it just makes it like ridiculous and yeah i i love i love the filmmaking in in that aspect of it (laughs) there was another thing that i saw that the the picture that kevin finds of buzz's girlfriend (laughs) and he goes wolf so it was actually it was actually um it was the art director's son mm-hmm. that Chris Chris Columbus thought that it'd be too mean to like actually find a right. picture of a girl and make fun of her. Right. So they dressed up the art director's son to look like that so that they could they didn't feel as bad making right. fun of her. And now it's offensive to people of the LGBTQ community. Yeah. You know? Like, exactly. You can't fucking we win. We can't win. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's a it's a great gag though, and I like that. I like that he it's such a good picture. All the stuff that he. <laughs> it really is. It's like it's obvious, like they were making a joke yes. there because this, this kid's just making a ridiculous face, Woof. and he throws Woof. it down. He throws it down. And I love that he like finds like the playboys and stuff, but yes. then he just kind of looks. He just zips past it. He finds the firecracker. He's like, hell yes. yeah, yeah. I love uh, Buzz's trunk of like oh, yeah. he's got Weird. some great stuff. I always crunchy taters. Yes. That's the snack. One which he eats later. Yes, yes. Yep. One of my favorite things as a kid was just like, I want to go through all that shit. But then, like, now, nowadays, as an adult, I'm like, I don't think I want to go through any of that. <laughs> I don't think I want to touch any of that, apparently, actually. Apparently, uh, they uh, uh, glued together, like, all the pages <laughs> yep, in the Playboy. Yep. So, Kevin, or, uh, uh, Macaulay didn't see any of the tits or vaginas in it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy, <laughs> Well, and then and then this is obviously the scene where we get to see uh, angels with filthy souls. Oh yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which is so mind blowing to me that that was not a real movie. I know, yeah, because uh, I they shot it just for this. I had to I had to look and ask it and look around because you like, kind of wanted not. to see it, right? Yeah, you exactly. want to be like, I want to watch that movie. It's like, oh man, this noir. Like, who is he? What's this guy? Snakes coming around? Snakes. Again. It's <laughs> uh, Johnny. All right, Johnny, I'm going. All right, Johnny, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going. <laughs> so you, you could like, I, I bet you could point out like a person on the street and be like, Hey, recite, recite some of those lines for me right now. And I bet they could, <laughs> they probably could. It's like, I mean, you filthy animal is like everywhere now, you know, it's, it's just so synonymous. And I, I love that. Like the, the play on the title of, of the movie is like, I think the, the original title it's, is like angels with dirty faces. Well, yeah. So it was a play uh, on angels with dirty faces, which was 1930. James Cagney. Was yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> so it was like a real movie and they were referencing and that. they just kind of yeah. kind of messed with it. It's so funny. Jeez. <laughs> and that does look like a legit movie. And you've seen this movie so many times that the guy that plays Johnny in that, which I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have his name because he's not really a famous actor, but you think of him. You're like, he's got to be in all this stuff, but he's really not. The one thing I recognized that he was in is he was in Blues Brothers. Yep, he's the he was like commissioner. Dis- yeah, please commissioner, Dispatch, dispatcher. Yeah. Gotcha. But, but that was like the only thing I recognized that I've seen. So. Yeah, he like does that voice and that fucking laugh. A laugh. Oh, my God. It's just like, <laughs> it's so like, because you hear him talk. And he's like, yo, snakes, you know, like that. Yeah, but then so he you has that. I'm going to give you snakes. Yeah, he has that laugh. It's just like, where did this come from? There's a. Person, another person inside of you making this is James Cagney inside of you. Yeah, exactly. It's cartoonish. You, yeah. you feel like he was in a he was a voiceover for a crazy cartoon animal. Or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, no okay, I have to say now as an adult, maybe I don't even know how I felt about it back then, but looking at like all the ice cream and the marshmallows, the Sunday he creates. Not really that into it. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know how you're dealing with this right now. Like, this is such a mess. And I just thought about like that dripping ice cream box, and I was like, not really into this. I'm gonna be honest with you. This is <laughs> this is this is probably borderline pornographic for for kiddos. Like in the snacks, you that can you eat get whatever, you, whatever want. you want. It's a suicide of ice cream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're just like mix it all together and marshmallow. Why are you putting marshmallows on it? Weird. Like I don't know. Get it, some taste, kid. It yeah. is exactly what I would be doing though. Like <laughs> like fucking running around and like if there was a crew with a camera right there, I would have run around and just stopped in front of the camera, looked in the lens, and been like ah, and then ran back. You know, I would have done that shit. Yeah. And then I would have been terrified of the fucking basement yeah yeah terrifying. Oh, oh. That's a very good point that furnace freaked me the yep. fuck out when i was a kid and it, it shot so well it shot it's like really wide angle 
on it, so it just yeah. looks like it's engulfing it's the looks camera. Like demonic, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there's kind of a voice that you don't it really does. hear, and it doesn't say like Kevin. Yes, it like yeah. says his. I didn't name. notice that until now, <laughs> until this rewatch. Now the last thing I have to say is like is it's all about the stuff that he's gonna do when there's no no you know. Uh, <clears throat> parents nothing around there's no consequences right and he gets that toboggan I, this is one of those things that resonated so heavily for me Correct. that i thought was such a bigger deal as a kid and then like he rides that thing down the stairs and out the door by the way that, not, that, that no, angle is no, not, the angle will no not, work. not, not gonna, he's going right into that door jam like he's he's ruined severe it? neck injury yeah, dude, he could have done like a last minute tug right, yeah, right out the yeah. door i don't buy it i just like <laughs> i didn't buy that as yeah. a kid either yeah. <laughs> and like and then like he goes down and it's like he got the wide angle on him like whoa and then at the very end it's just like boom like it's just, it's that's it, huh? Like, okay, I guess that was yeah, all. Yeah, that's fucking slutting, dude. Yeah, that's, I guess that's, I guess that's, sucks. That's what happens. You're right. That is lame. But it, it plays well on like a young kid mentality. Yeah. Like, do this one thing and go. Yeah, that was awesome, and move on to yes, the next. Yep. Thing. He immediately <laughs> moved on to shooting his BB gun at yeah. the figures. You well, know, I like mean, it. it's it is like I said exactly what I would have done if my parents were were gone. But yeah. it is exactly what I did in quarantine too. So. <laughs> I actually just rode my. I just got out of doing that. Tobogganed yeah. inside. And <laughs> uh, in the in the house with the parents there, they film Kevin at high angles to make him really uh, really small, and um, and really really uh, wide wide angles as well. As the movie goes on, he takes a little bit more control of the camera and and more control of like the house, obviously, and kind of conquering his fears. Right, uh, what right. the movie's kind of about. The movie moves down, or the camera moves down, uh, establishing him as more of a dominant kind of taking over the lens, right? Um, uh, sort of angle to the camera, and that's a really great uh, directing choice by Chris Columbus, I think. Oh, sure. Stuff you don't notice unless you're like really, it, it affects you subconsciously, right? Yeah, yeah. Totally you don't works. notice that that's happening, but it works, right? Well, let's move on. So Kevin eventually transforms into the man of the house after being go. scared. This includes doing the laundry, going grocery shopping, self-care routines, and ordering pizza. Using this new confidence, Kevin successfully scares off the wet bandits. Meanwhile, Kate has begged her way onto a flight to Scranton from Paris. There, she can't find a flight to Chicago. Gus Polanski introduces himself and, and offers to drive her to Chicago in the back of a U-Haul with his polka band that apparently has a window in it, and they allow you <laughs> yeah, to sit yeah. in the back of the... Yeah, that's well, pretty cool. I guess. Maybe that was back then. But, man, I'll tell you what. I miss John Candy. I was just going to... I, I literally started tearing up when he came on yep. screen. There's nothing that he's done that has not made me smile yep. or laugh or just like feel good. And and so so maybe you can elaborate on that. But didn't he like pretty much improvise everything in that movie? He pretty much he, yep. he like him and Catherine O'Hara actually. There's there's somewhere because as we have to say, <laughs> as, along with John Candy, Catherine O'Hara, who is a living legend, um, they were uh, buddies in in a comedy troupe in Chicago. I think it was like CSTV or something like that. Yeah. Like com okay. uh, comedy or Chicago store or something like that. Uh, some, some club, uh, but they had worked together before obviously. And most of their like interaction was improv. And even the, what's in the movie is improv, but a lot of what's not in the movie is somewhere else. And I want <laughs> to so see that so bad. Too. Just them riffing off each other would have been so great. Polka, but polka, polka. <laughs> 
AKA Kiss Me Polka, Namahushi Polka. We are pretty big in the 70s. And he keeps, dude, he keeps going. He keeps thinking, like, if I could say one more thing, she's going to recognize you. She never does. He shot all of all the scenes in 24 hours, apparently. Like, just like kind of just a big favor for Chris Columbus and John Hughes. And they. Because they, they had just done Uncle Buck, yeah, and yeah. that that was successful. They're like throw him in there, right? Let's, yeah, let's just throw he's, him he's in just there. gonna light it up, and yep. he does. Like as soon as he's on screen, like I said, it's just like, oh fuck, there he is. Yeah. Oh my, I love him so much. But they built the exterior, the interior for uh, the van scenes right outside of the airport, so they could just go amazing, yeah. right in and out of it. Yeah, he. I remember uh, I saw something that yeah he he was supposed to show up. He did this as a favor to Chris Columbus. He, this guy has so many stories though about just doing like nice generous things yeah. all the time yeah and it's not not only in the industry but outside of it too and like but this is like a favor he was gonna be there for like it was, he was supposed to be there for like two hours it ended up turning into a 20 because they just thing. kept saying it'd be great to just oh just keep going just keep going and he just kept rolling with it he kept going and his his paycheck on this was literally like a couple hundred bucks yeah like to he come in care. and do this be, more or less to cover like like uh, some of his travel expenses. That's literally all it was. Like he's, his check is posted somewhere for for being there, and he's so, he, he's a massive star. <laughs> yeah, especially at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. My, my favorite my favorite subtle John Candy moment is when they're in the van and they're playing Christmas Christmas music, yeah. and he's playing his cl- clarinet, and he's like, "Try it! It's like, you can't you can't just play a clarinet. It's really hard to get that technique down." <laughs> like yeah, here he's you like play, he's, he's Suddenly showing off to be like, look how good I am. Why don't you try? It's so fucking no, good. no, 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 no. <laughs> His story, by the way, that he tells her, it's something like he, he's like, yeah, like we uh, left my son a funeral home uh, parlor and uh, couldn't find him for hours, and you know, eventually it turned out okay, but uh, he wasn't that scared about it. And I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking to myself, like, is this, is this the backstory to? My girl? Might yeah. be, dude. Oh my God. What the fuck's go- like it's like pretty it's much a weird the same alternate universe. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin's in that? Yeah. I, don't know. I don't like that at all. <laughs> the and before we leave that airport scene when Kate is there, uh, have you heard the rumor that a lot of people think that Elvis was in that scene? Uh, yeah, I, I saw that just before I got here. Dude, the guy the guy standing like two people behind her when she's trying to get her way on a plane in Scranton. Like for many, many years, people, fans of Elvis said that is proof that he's alive. He's standing there and he like, really, he looks pretty similar to Elvis. And apparently he makes some like head gesture that's like famous of of Elvis and how he moved. And it was eventually deemed a myth because the the real guy that played it was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not (laughs) Elvis. Elvis. (laughs) That was me. I was just a random extra in the movie. (laughs) I always once you once somebody tells you that and you like next time you watch it, look at the guy behind her and you'll never be able to take your eyes off. Just like just like a couple weeks ago when you said like there's hidden elves in in Santa Claus. I'm just like, that's fascinating. And I love that shit because like also in uh, like three men and a baby or something like that. Like the, the hidden ghosts in the background or like wizard of Oz, like those movie yeah. myths are so much fun. Oh yeah. It's fun to like go back. It's reason and watch to go that. back. Creeps you out. So, so oh, yeah. So get creeped out by these things. <laughs> I thought so, this was a Christmas movie. <laughs> so I have to talk about, I have to talk about, you know, we talked about, uh, 
kind of Kevin's growing up phase that he goes through becoming the man of the house, as you say. And he starts doing the shopping. I love like the bags <laughs> tear out on him and he goes and gets the eggs and gets the He's milk. An adult. And gets the, He's got a coupon. The detergent. <laughs> He's got a coupon for it. He's being a, a sensible shopper. And then he goes out with a, when he gets the toothbrush, he's like, is this approved by the American Dental Association? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> I and no and she, she just expects this kid to be like, all right, well, that's all right. And it's just like, can you find out? I, uh, <laughs> he's like, he's like a Karen. He's a, Karen. He is. he's a bit of a Karen. It's just like, a, would you please find out? I, Herb, Herb, <laughs> we got a question about a yeah, toothbrush. toothbrush. But, but also fuck those people. Help this kid out. Yeah. Well, like know you know more about your store and your products. Yeah. When he's, when he's walking away and she's like, sir, you can pay for that up here. She's, you hear Herb say, well, just tell him that it is. It's like, he's just a dumb, it. stupid yeah, kid. kid. Like, well, just tell him that it is. He's just like, well, I'm not going to do that. Herb. I'm just, like, <laughs> I got a question about a toothbrush. Yeah. Hey kid, you have to pay for that. And then the, the, the employee who's trying to get laid 24 seven, I imagine yeah. just like, this is my fucking time to shine. Yeah. She's like, I, this is all I've been waiting for is to stop a measly Robert, little sick kid. Him. Well, and, and so this officer's clearly like pulled someone over for a traffic violation. Yeah. He's going to like let that person go to more chase important. a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this <laughs> is stolen this toothbrush. Is more important. There's, there's not on my watch rules to be set and some morals to be learned here. <laughs> and he's going to do his damnedest to make sure they're fed um, <laughs> with this goddamn silver spoon. And so this is the problem though. Like, he walks in there, and by the way, old man Marley walks in, right? Uh, kind of rude, old man Marley. This man was clearly waiting at the at the desk at the checkout, and you just cut him off. You they cut him just, off. And, like, came yeah. across his body and yeah. slammed his bloody yeah, head his down. Yeah, his bloody <laughs> mitt right down in front of him. Like, dude, that's rough, What bro. are you doing, man? And then he just stares him down. That's a real That's a real alpha move right there. Hey, well, <laughs> well I, I, mean? I don't want to spoil it, but uh, we got Mike's fan theories oh, coming up later. Shit. Fan so theories. don't you worry about <laughs> Apparently that's our new. Don't you Mike's worry fan about theories. <laughs> Wait, do that again. We're going we're gonna to sample that. Don't you worry about a thing. Mike's fan Samples. I'm Sean. <laughs> Sorry, Mike's fan theories. <laughs> samples. Samples. Right. Apparently, we're gonna make that into a real cool stinger. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, Macaulay Culkin on that day, uh, he had like a like a two weeks off or something like that for the entire shoot, and he was deathly sick. And this is the like one of the only uh, on film of him that's like really sick. It's like they couldn't get around him being off for this day. They had to have him or something like that. So if you go back. And look at the movie too. He like his eyes are bloodshot. He's like really pale, and he had to run and shit like that. I can't imagine for a little kid. Jeez, dude. Uh, well, one thing I thought about as an adult uh, when when Kevin orders the pizza. And like the scary scene, like you talked about earlier, where he, he plays back the movie, very smart, very. I mean, he had to practice that for hours. Apparently, too. the audio system was just like Amazing. unbelievable. Back yeah, then. so much bass, but like the, clearly, the pizza guy believed it, right? Yeah. So why did he not call the cops? Some guy literally shot a machine gun at him while he was. <laughs> no kidding. Why did he just like go? Well, uh, no big deal. Maybe oh, little God. little Nero's is in like a pretty bad <laughs> yeah. part of Maybe Chicago. A rough, rough part of town as it is. They didn't make it out the suburbs he very often. He was kind of happy to go out to the suburbs just be like and then just reality hits him right back in the face it's like well you know i'll run i won't call it cops yeah <laughs> this is one of those scenes that was scary to me because of the way it was shot like outside the cold snow and it's that Dark. it's that shitty snow it's that hard snow to walk in that's like <laughs> crunching and like it's wet and like kind of, it's, it's so tough to get around in and you're just like it's very gritty like it looks very gritty out there that you're like 
snow getting driven through and he's hitting that jockey statue Everyone hits the jock. four times <laughs> it's just so like this is one of those scenes that you're just like when i was a kid i was like oh my gosh it's crazy it's like he's, wait he's not shooting at him oh but it's he's like running for his life <laughs> something about that really creeped me out uh, i also love uh the fake out that he does when uh they the wet bandits realize that he oh, is home alone Oh yeah that's right uh and he does Iconic. he does the the is it it's not chuck berry that's later earlier in this in the it's one of the famous christmas songs yeah. rocking around yeah christmas tree uh that scene with all of like the mannequins and like Pretty michael awesome. jordan <laughs> swinging by the camera brenda <laughs> lee that's what it is yeah brenda okay he's he's got a lot of screen time michael jordan does in this movie yeah, um, he does he's got a lot <laughs> why did they have to pay for that that was in the budget of the 17 million that's probably what it was he was uh like especially back then, I remember my cousin living in Illinois, and then us going to visit him had that same. Oh yeah, everybody had like, that. Like the there was a measurement. Yep. By him, oh, like yeah. to see how tall you were oh, compared yeah. to him and shit like that. Like he, Chicago Bulls were on fire then. So also think about that scene though, Kevin. Kevin basically had to start. Do, he he could have been doing that for like five hours. Yeah, I know. yeah, that's true. <laughs> he didn't know. How did he know when they were going to show up? And yeah, when the they only were time leave? he he knew is when they're like, we're going to go back at nine o'clock. But that's later. That's later. Yeah. So like he just said, well, for the next ten hours, I'm going to dance <laughs> to the song. Those mannequins creep me out. Yep, they yeah, creep yeah. me the fuck out. Yeah. That one that's like at the table, like doing like the whole like the weird thing, like moving back and forth. You're just like that's incredibly. He, creepy. he did some interior decorating too, and he no. didn't have to whatsoever. No, not at all. Like he <laughs> set up a legit tea party for him. He's like, well, I mean, I guess he had ten hours. Yeah. He might be going see. He might be going crazy at this point, honestly, because <laughs> he's been alone. He's been separated for so long. It's very plausible. I mean, we've we've all experienced it in 2020. So. <laughs> we understand, Kevin. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say is uh, uh, Kate is trying to get her get back to Kevin. She she hustles this older couple out of their ticket, um, and she trades them. All right. She, she is like, oh, oh, and that lady is hilarious. By yeah. the way, she, uh, I don't know her name, but she is she is so funny um, as a character. And like, so she offers up though two first class tickets on Friday yep. if they leave on Friday. Um, five hundred dollars, a pocket translator, uh, jewelry, and and oh, the earrings. Do you and, like the earrings? And the watch. The dangly, and the watch. Yeah. yeah, and all these things. So I looked up to just to get some face value on this stuff, <laughs> <laughs> just to see like what, like okay, so, so first, how much of Peter's money she was just yeah, throwing around, just throwing this stuff away. <laughs> pocket translator had to be somewhere close to a hundred dollar bill. Okay, this then, might okay? be a pickleball moment for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the fuck is a pocket translator? <laughs> so they were going to France and they use you, ah, you, you type Google into it, Translate, or speak into it. See, I have yeah. I have an iPhone. Right, right, correct. I would know about that. There you go, pickleball, <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's from uh, episode one or two what for you it? new listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so and and uh, and and so pocket translator these first class tickets, which it's it's got to be at least a grand, like on the uh, oh yeah. She's going from uh, Scranton, Scranton to Chicago to Chicago. Yeah, so we'll call it a grand. Yeah, we'll call, call it a grand for the two tickets, five hundred dollars. Which the buying power of five hundred dollars in nineteen ninety was nine hundred ninety six dollars, almost a thousand dollars. You know, you know how so, when. There you go. Like, that's the money she's throwing at this. Dude, right how now. many times have you been in the airport 
where they go, well, our flight's full today and we're offering and they start throwing like first class tickets for later today Uh and vouchers. Like how many times you sitting there going, if they hit, if they hit X number, I'm pulling the trigger on this. That's exactly what that old couple did. (laughs) That's hundred percent. Like they were about to, they were about to board and and she, they ended up doing it. But, but that's like, we're talking about like probably close to two grand worth of stuff. Yeah. And obviously for a, respectable reason you're trying to get home to your child oh. that you left on your off from your france vacation so let's, yeah let's not, let's not let her forget about yeah, it let's not kate, kate shows up um kate basically spends three thousand dollars uh to arrive 10 minutes before the rest no of the family <laughs> i was gonna bring that up later but that f- I was like, what? Yeah, just- I had to ride in this van with these fucking beer-ridden, stinky, fat people playing polka the entire time with one very sweet man who's the best yeah, man in the entire world, the greatest man in the world, which oh. made it worth it. But fuck you, what the? So perfect. Oh, I was like, what? And they did. They caught the flight that was they were supposed to be on. on you know the Friday. one that we did, the one that we told you to wait well, for. They walk in seconds later. Yeah. <laughs> Not even ten minutes. It's like. Five. It's like six minutes, six and a half minutes that they get alone. They might have been waiting in the house. These like, are the things you think of as adults upon rewatching these yeah. classic <laughs> movies as a kid. <laughs> All right, so let's move along. So on Christmas Eve, Kevin overhears Harry and Marv discussing plans for breaking into his house that night. After conversing with a Santa Claus impersonator and watching a local choir perform at a church, he comes across old man Marley. The two of them talk, and he learns that Marley is, in fact, a very nice man, and the rumors about him are not true. He tells Kevin he is watching the choir because his granddaughter is in it, and he never gets to see her because he and his son have not spoken in years. After a big argument that they had, Kevin advises him to reconcile with his son. Just a, not a huge scene here, but like kind of pivotal it sort of sort of switches the 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 mood around and like each character now has knows what they need to do sort mm-hmm. of a thing you know? i i love this scene so much sorry go ahead. no i do i do too i was just gonna say like i, I think it's a very moving scene yeah. that you get to meet this man and and obviously this is a it's a theme into the second one too but you know misjudging people and and creating full-on stories about people of, of you, that you don't know and um, and he gets to have this wonderful, warm conversation with this person and even advises him to do that. And, like, you know, it's it's really nice to see these two sides of the spectrum that he's at odds, odds with his family. And he advises him that he's at odds. This old man is at odds with his family. They're not too different whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you kind of see these two worlds collide. And then, by the way... Um, if if there's ever been a closer reference to Billy Madison saying sorry for making funny in high school, it's a good thing he reconciled because man, I'm glad I found that guy in church. It's like, <laughs> so we'll get Pretty there. Good. But hey, you know, Bushma, I mean, like he has a loving family and like, yeah. his story was really sweet. But he could still be a serial killer. He could still, yeah, he could still use that shovel the way God intended. All right, <laughs> just wait for Mike's fan theory. Oh man, uh, one one quick thing. I, w- I want to get to that scene too. Yeah. Yeah. But one quick thing, uh, uh, Chris Farley auditioned for to be that Santa Claus. That Could he, you imagine? Oh man! Just another little itty bitty cameo. He would have so. gotten the part if he wasn't drunk as fuck. Yeah. Apparently, he 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 was like extremely hungover and like just like couldn't even spit out any of the lines or anything. Like spit, like literally spit out the lines. You couldn't even do that. But 
that would have been perfect. Like John Candy and Chris Farley, just like seeing those two like back to back, and I would be like, this amazing. Is, this is the best movie in the entire world, dude. And and like how great it, it, talking about that scene though in the church, like that that gives off such great Christmas Eve vibes. That that Christmas Eve, like sometimes back when I was younger, we used to go to like a Christmas Eve mass, and when it was dark out, and like dude, Christmas songs sung by a choir, yeah, and man. everybody's happy and in a good mood. That that really is a nice place for that scene to happen. It could have oh, yeah. happened anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And but the fact that it is in a church though is like that's one thing I do like about religion and church in general is like it's very communal. Yeah. And that's like I was I had notes here that I'm not a very very religious person, but Christmas Eve church is like one of the best things ever. 100%. The music, the the like performances really and I mean even the sermon is just like yeah, I it's whatever for me, but um <clears throat> just like everyone together. And that's what that's what this movie is really saying, especially with this scene, I think, is that Christmas isn't like about Santa or like that much stuff, like like the fantasy kind of thing. It's just about people together. It's not even necessarily about Christianity or, any, or religion in general. It's just people together and giving, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what this scene really does for me. Um, Robert's Blossom, who actually plays o- Old Man Marley. Uh, his voice is so soothing. It is. Um, he, he, and uh, Kevin Mc, or, uh, Macaulay Culkin's reactions in it are actually genuine because he was captivated by uh, his voice. Yeah. Like, it really like calmed him and soothed him, just like as an audience member does. Yeah. For me, anyway, I'm, I would just I would listen to whatever story that dude had to tell. Yeah, you. Bet. You know, just because like he's, you know, we're just going down there, and I got my son. And any any voice like that, it's just like, I go, I go, going down to cabin still, and I ripped his head off. I'm like, what was that last part? <laughs> well, how good is it too that he he looks absolutely terrified that this towering yeah. serial killer comes over him, and then he goes, "Merry Christmas!" And Macaulay <laughs> Culkin goes, "Huh?" <laughs> like his face is perfect. Wait, what? Did yeah, you say yeah. Merry Christmas to me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I have to take it back to to the Santa Claus because uh, I. I knew I recognized the guy from somewhere. His name is Ken Hudson Campbell. This is the same guy. He plays Max in Armageddon. That's about the only other place oh, that yeah. you would see him or maybe really recognize yeah, him yeah. Um, full on. He that's has the Santa of, Claus? That's the Santa impersonator? Claus oh, right. impersonator. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And so I was like, I know that guy, and I had to look it up, and that's who he is. He's He plays Max in Armageddon. You can look that up yeah. in his role. But um, uh, this is one of those places that uh, – I. Again, so many jokes going over your head because I love how he says, I know you're not the real Santa. I know how it works. He's like, yeah, he's like, but I know that you work for him. And it's like, wait a second. He's like, yeah, you work so you don't him. know how it works, yeah, so Kevin. You don't know how it works. And he's like, I love, I love how he like, like how confused must this guy be first off that he's just rattling off all the names. I want my family back. Did this guy like, did he like survive a family crash or something? <laughs> like he's like, just tearing his heart out here at, at this guy in front of this Pinto. Then you're just like, all right. And he's like, I'm, I gotta get, I got a party. I gotta get to. And then like the other things like, are you gonna go home and change? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't have any more candy canes for him. My elf took him back to his her oh, boyfriend. <laughs> I was also disappointed that that girl had a boyfriend. I was like, damn. I yeah. I know. <laughs> Santa probably was too. <laughs> but he, he pops out some Tic Tacs and he says, don't ruin your dinner. <laughs> and I was like, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, oh, dope. He, he's like handing him candy and stuff. And I found out they were Tic Tacs. They were nobody into like, the, like the green mint ones. Yeah, nobody yeah. likes those. Yeah. Orange ones are go home. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the the Santa's helper, the the woman or whatever, she plays a 
flight attendant in the second one. Isn't that crazy? Apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah weird, weird little alternate world everybody. there. <laughs> yeah, boy, they really know their casting. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the meat of it. Kevin leaves the church to go home and booby trap his house. Harry and Marv break in and fall victim to every trap in the house. Kevin flees to the second floor of the house and dials 911. They chase him, and he flees to a vacant neighboring home. The wet bandits catch him when he runs to the top of the stairs. Right as they are about to hurt Kevin in what will turn into a horror movie, old man Marley sneaks up behind them, knocks them out with a snow shovel and takes Kevin home shortly after the two burglars are arrested. After everything they've been through in this entire scene, which we'll get to two sh- or a shovel to the back of the head. Yeah. That's what, that's what knocks them out. You gotta be kidding me. No, <laughs> gotta a, be kidding. a paint one, a paint can wouldn't take off their fucking head. A spider. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's get blow, into it. Blowtorch to. The, I mean, like what they endure is no person should endure. No. Or, nor could they get. They don't look like they're in the best shape, or like <laughs> yeah. like physically fit. You know, like how did they make it through that? Right. And I, I do like before this, like him setting up everything. Yeah. It's like the Mannheim steamroller uh, <laughs> music in the background. It's like with John Williams, like version of it or whatever. But everything that he sets up is paid off. Like, you're like, I wonder what that would do. He I wonder perfectly what that would knows do. what's going to happen. Yeah. And like, well, even as an audience member is just like, oh, that looks like what, Ooh, what the fuck is going to happen? What are the paint yeah. cans for? They pay it off. Like every, everything that they show, they, it happens to them. Yeah. Do you also find it impressive that when he leaves the church, the, t- the bells toll eight. So it's 8 PM. Mm. They show up at nine o'clock. He did all of the, he set up all, all of that, that in an hour and had time to make dinner. <laughs> Mar- Marie Callender's fucking mac and cheese. It does look really good. It though. does it look does. really I'm good. I'm so sad that he had to leave. I know. The full glass of milk <laughs> he, that he you was know trying. he ate it. At the yeah, end. He, he got it eventually. As long as there wasn't feathers all over it. You know? there, there was also a subtle thing that I just noticed this time when he's running to get home, the three automatic house, Lights turn on, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the same in the yep. same order that it did when they were when they were the wet it really, That was pretty right. cool. I yeah. never noticed it. Just Definitely Con- continuity, consistency, yes. super important. When uh, when they first get up to the to the door, well, uh, Joe Pesci. Well, I think they were both at the back door, and um, he's just sitting there ready with his BB gun. The yeah. shot of of Marv sticking his head through the <laughs> through the dog hole and just lifting it up, like, hi, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Just gets smoked right between the eyes. Holy oh. shit. To start off what was probably going to be the least of his punishment. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, and, and I, I like to say, what if that went, if that went into one of his eyes? He's blind. He's wearing an <laughs> eye patch, man. Like, that is, that's it. That's end game right there. Um, uh, Harry goes around the front. And by the way, when they get arrested, he's got that M burned into his hand. How long has he been looking at that? That he is just pissed about this kid. Like, boys, some scars never heal, eh, boys? Stew in there in prison. Holy yeah. shit. What was that? I have to ask this because I, I couldn't figure it out. What is that that he puts on the doorknob? Apparently, it's like a, it's like a, I was just reading this before I got here. It's like a, a, a grill lighter, pretty much. Okay. But it's like a, extremely hot iron that they like practically it's it's like nothing yeah like in the movie or, or in real life but um they took it from like a, a, a grill and it's just like what heated up the grill or something it's like, like that. i think it's like an electric grill we used to have yeah. that where where it was like you could grill hot dogs on it and those type of things were inside of it mm-hmm. that yeah. just plugged into the wall okay because he pulls just it like off of the grill thing. yeah but i just never knew i was like what is this thing like <laughs> So I was like, all right, well, I, I went along with it. I was like, I guess this works. So, so it just it just adds to like the cartoon nature of of their punishment and yeah. like the acme ness of it all. Yeah, because yeah. that it, that looks like something out of like 
Wiley Coyote. No, it's absolutely. Like, oh yeah, a steaming hot iron thing. Yeah, yeah, that exists in the Looney Tunes world for right. sure. You know, and I love the aspect of like everything is way out over the top, Completely. like like their like their performances are, and goes to show how much I miss cartoons like that because they kind of got rid of those things because they were too violent, violent for the kids. Better watch out! It's so funny though because it's fucking fake. Like, it's come fake. on, fake. It's yeah. a movie. Ugh. What of, of all the things that happen to them? What's the what's the one that makes you like? hurt the most you know like when you I see it you go you Ugh. i can i can tell you, you which one you, we want to go at the same time okay same time. so I'll, I'll say one two three and then you say it okay. so ready one two three marv nail stepping on the, on the oh okay nail on the foot is that what you're gonna say i was gonna say i was going to say marv stepping on the glass the christmas ornament. Ornament? Oh, okay yeah i'm i'm with sean i'm on sean's camp uh, of this uh, like yeah, like no, that absolutely. nail that nail just no, goes right thank in you. i can feel it right now yeah. we were we were talking uh, earlier we were actually watching it a little bit earlier uh, <laughs> and like before he reacts also uh the testament to like the editing and, and directing and everything like that uh it starts off with like just a sock. The shot starts <laughs> yeah, it's off perfect. with just one sock missing. No, pans, the shoes, then the sock. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. And it pans up to his uh, one of his sludge. feet coming out of the sock, and then the next step is just like extreme. That nail goes in so fucking deep and makes me cringe every time. It has to have an exit wound on it, man. Oh, it's got to have like an exit wound on that thing. And he just... <laughs> and, he, and he keeps going. Like at some point you figure these guys go, fuck this. This is not worth it. <laughs> As but they, they say, keep going. This is their silver silver tuna. Silver tuna. That's the one, Marv. <laughs> this, this is the one. Tuna. This is, there it is, Marv. And he just... There's, That's the one, Marv. There it is. <laughs> he's just like, they're calling this out. And I love... I love it how I love when they're in the other house and Marv is just destroying these like <laughs> nice things for no reason. Would you he's fucking just, keep it down. He's over there? like, he's like, you're one of the greatest cat burglars around. He's just like, aren't you? Would you keep it down? Just smash it through stuff while he's wearing like a, a scuba like mask. <laughs> the worst. But but then, yeah, you, you think like. When, when is enough enough? Like, I mean, obviously these guys must not have health insurance, but <laughs> like, what, what, come on. Like you've got to give up at some point, right? When is the juice worth the squeeze? It's a, and, and one of the, like one of the second ones I think that was worse was the crowbar to the chest. Yeah. That, that <laughs> Harry, that Marv right gave Harry goddamn sternum right at, right during oh. the spider. But so I heard a myth all along and, and I, we finally figured it out that we heard the myth that Daniel Stern like silently does that scream when the tarantula's on his face uh and then they then they redo the scream in post right but okay. he has admitted that he actually did belt that out on set mm -hmm. um and he was assured by animal, animal handlers that tarantulas do not have ears do not have ears yeah and which is completely false uh, and and he said the tarantula's poison was was said to have been extracted and it was not. Uh, it was all confirmed recently by Stern that he's like, no, I did it. And like, <laughs> wow, that's that's terrifying. I Jesus. I think it's the best movie scream next to Laura Dern in Jurassic Park. Damn, like, straight up yeah. the best. Like hers is hers is like genuine ter ter terrifying. You know, scream seeing a fucking T Rex. His is completely. Warranted, like you would scream like that, but it's so fucking it's funny. It's cartoony. Oh, gosh, it yeah. is. It, yeah, it's like, you know, like fucking Three Stooges are pretty much. It's so good. Well, you yeah. notice how the music goes, and then it stops right as he starts. At, yeah. at every gag, it does that. It's so yeah. it's so clever because that's how that's what like Looney Tunes and, and Three Stooges and slapstick comedy does. Is like it's 
and it goes to show that all of these um i think i think that or uh, the stunt coordinator was saying that these were written in the script and they also had like some uh leeway as to like when they got on set they could set it up like that um but the stunt coordinator was was saying that every every um torture device pretty much every gag had a, a three beat buildup cool. like it showed it, it was it, perfect it, it showed it and built it up and then like showed like what might happen and then it showed what happened uh and the music compensates for that too the music like will build up build up build up and then silence with the gag yeah and then pay off obviously yeah obviously it's just it's a, a huge team effort like everybody working together but that sound engineering the sound design of it all is just it just adds so much obviously yeah he amped it you up know? too oh Chris yeah Columbus amped it up like all of, all like the foley work like meat slapping and shit like that like they, <laughs> oh they, they, do, they, they amped it up they put it in the score oh my god all right so final scene kevin wakes up the next morning and is disappointed to see that his family is still gone he then hears kate enter the house calling for him he goes downstairs, and, two, and the two of them meet and reconcile. Immediately after, the rest of the McAllisters, having traveled directly from Paris to Chicago, arrive. Kevin keeps silent about his encounter with Harry and Marv. He then goes over to the window and sees Marley greeting his son and his family. As he is hugging his granddaughter, he looks up to see Kevin. He waves at him, and Kevin waves back, smiling. He watches as Marley heads inside with his family. Yes. Nice, nice little wee, and it's beautifully snowing. Oh yeah, oh. and he, his his smile with like the snow out outside, like through the window, it looks exactly like that Campbell's commercial with the with the snowman oh, melting. Yeah, yeah. completely. I, I thought it was him, uh, like in the commercial like, yeah. as a kid, but apparently that ending was tacked on. Um, they eventually initially wanted to end it where uh, they the family came in uh, ten minutes after each other. <laughs> um, Way to go! Family came in and he's like, what, "What have you been up to?" He's like, "Oh, just hanging out." And they were gonna freeze frame on his on his no face. No way! Was it. I was like, "Ugh." Yeah, but then I'm glad they, added, they didn't do. Yeah, that. they added the heartwarming stink uh, stuff with uh, Marley at the end, which is just superb. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, I agree. Mom shows up. They have their moment. <laughs> That's all they have time for. And everybody rolls in and you're just like, it's just like chaos ensues again <laughs> with 14 other people descending, 13 other people descending into this house again. God, it's just obnoxious. After they greet him too, they immediately go to, go to a different room or they go somewhere else. They leave him alone again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't give a shit. No. Like they don't care you, at all. You left him here. <laughs> He's been he's been home for two two three days something like that. Yeah. He bought milk and fabric softener. He had yeah. to fend for him. He stole your money. Had to fend for himself, and you leave him alone. Yeah. Even if, even if you're in the same house, you fucking keep him in your goddamn sight. <laughs> yeah. What is your problem? So Catherine? let's let's assume that all the chaos ended around like midnight, and let's assume that they arrived at eight in the morning. Right. That means Kevin had to clean up that entire house. <laughs> like that house was Except a, room. Was a yeah. disaster. <laughs> yeah, and he leaves with, like he had to get tar off the basement steps. There was feathers. Could you <laughs> sure. imagine picking up? How do you clean up feathers that are everywhere? Yeah, if you got a Bissell, I mean, I think I think Dirt, dirt Devil do it. You <laughs> Don't know? you think the door handle would have been burnt? Like yeah, when they walked in, they're like, "What happened to the door?" There was probably a very strong smell of burnt hair throughout the oh, entire yeah. house. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, from blow torches. Yeah. And stuff. Uh -huh. Nobody, nobody. Maybe they, maybe they dealt with that soon after. I don't know. Maybe they're, he didn't clean the house. They're lucky he one. even showered too. Like, it, I mean, yeah. with two two stinky robbers, I imagine, and that stinky boy who just didn't shower because there's no one home. That's what I would have done. Yes. Like, damn. But that house is gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Spotless as they left it. 
I don't understand. Yeah, I like. Um, I forgot about. I, f- I forgot about Buzz's little moment in Paris. I, I believe he says one. I never get that <laughs> no, lucky. He says a a. I never get that lucky. Two. We have smoke alarms. And D. <laughs> we live on the most boring <laughs> street in America. Yeah. <laughs> D. That is class. And that, how, that went right over your head as a child. Yeah, probably, yeah, right? yeah. That whole delivery is so good. <laughs> he says, this time he finally caught it in the butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just pissed about his room. And he's just like, like Kevin's got... What's Kevin going to say? Is he busted at that point? Like, I don't know. Well, they finally... They, they kind of... Uh, they kind of show that like Buzz is clearly a teenager. Yeah. He's got like a Letterman's jacket on, kind of yeah. a thing. So he's dude. He's so far away from Kevin in age at this point that they definitely still hate each other. Definitely, yeah, totally. All right. So here's my fan theory. You ready? Mike's fan theories. Don't you worry about a thing. I'm Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Old man Marley was actually the South Bend shovel slayer. Okay. Oh. He okay. actually was. Um, this is why his son and granddaughter never came around. Like they couldn't prove it, but they knew. And they're like, we can't, I can't bring my granddaughter around you, but you know, like he's old now and he like feels remorse. So this is why he was finally able to like shed that terrible serial killer thing. Maybe they like thought it was him, but like, yeah. they weren't sure, but like cops kind of suspected him and that was enough for the family to, to right. leave. And so he's able to be like, guys, I wasn't, even though he was as evident, Notice how old man Marley did not stick around when the cops showed up. Ooh. Old man Marley took Kevin home and went into his house and yeah, never yeah. had anything. So, like, right, old man right. Marley's been hiding out for a while. He is the South Bend Shovel Slayer. Right. And, and by, all, by all the cops know is that Kevin knocked him out because yeah. he punished him so much. Yeah. Well, and Kevin, they, they don't even know Kevin was a part of that. They just That's true. They were just there. They were just knocked out yeah. in this house with running water. Oh, yeah. So they have no clue what happened. If he was smart and wanted to be done with the life as a serial killer... He could have pinned it on them. Pinned oh, it. Like, maybe maybe like, he did, dude. Just like left they like a garbage can. That's Marvin. Marvin Harry talk about that. Well, hey, if there if there is a killer, if there was a murderer, yes, that's right. This, then we could we could pin it on him. It'd be good to have a face to the. That's to why the, Marley yeah. took off, dude. Yeah. He didn't want anything to do with that. That's right. That's right. South Bend Shovel Slayer. I think yeah. these Mike's <laughs> theories have been pretty solid so far. This, these are airtight, guys. <laughs> airtight. So what's what's the final rating upon further rewatch, deep dive? AJ, what do you give this thing? I'm giving this an 8.2. Damn, dude. I'm going nine and a half. Nine and a half. I think it's a fucking masterpiece. It's a great Christmas movie. It's a great movie in general. You could watch it not on Christmas. Technically, it's fucking awesome. The, the, the script is impeccable. The directing is great. The choices, the, the, uh, the lighting I didn't even really talk about the lighting is amazing. Like what you were saying with the time lights on, totally. the, on the houses, but making like the Midwest look like the Midwest cause they shot in Chicago. But I like that aspect of it too. Um, as a kid, I felt like I wanted to do all that and it's just a great, great, funny slapstick movie. This is Christmas. Christmas movies for me are not Santa related. They are vibe emotion, I'm like situational related. Tell That's what, This has nothing to do with Santa Claus, uh, which is why it's still so great to me. I'm taking it down from a 10 to a 9 just because it's still a Christmas movie. Mm. I'm not going to watch it in July. Yeah, That's the only reason. If this was just a regular movie, I'd stick with the 10. Yeah, down to a 9. Right on. So what do you think about that, boys? Oh, I great. love it. It's All right, well, good for me. For everybody playing along at home alone, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're, just, you're just the best, man. You're just 
<laughs> Join us in two weeks when they have a new host, and I am no longer available <laughs> on this podcast. We're uh, we're gonna be finally diving in. We did uh, one of Sean's picks, one of AJ's picks before we got into Christmas movies, but we're we're jumping into Mike's pick. Uh, Ralph Macchio Oscar winning performance. Did you know he won an Oscar for that? I did not. Ralph Macchio. Ralph won Macchio Oscar? won an Oscar for his performance in Karate Kid. What hey. the fuck? I know Pat Morita was nominated. I'm, I'm completely joking. He did not win you an Oscar. Son of a. I'm like but, I would know this. But it is the <laughs> best. Get behind me. And when you're gearing up for Cobra Kai season three, watch some Karate Kid. Carve some time out. Join us for episode seven. AJ, take us out. Guys, you have to keep telling everyone about our podcast to give us five star reviews. You have to do it on iTunes, uh, well, Apple Podcasts uh, for the the new stuff. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox, Stitcher, all the fun places and platforms that you could listen to a podcast. We're there, and you should review us on the platform that you're listening to us on. Uh, make sure you're writing those reviews. We don't want anything other than five stars. Five stars. If you're going to take the time, give us five stars. Five stars. I'll say it one more time. Five stars. Five stars. Other than that, make sure you join in on every conversation that we ever try to start. It's on Facebook. It's on Instagram. Uh, we are at Confused Breakfast. Uh, and then on Twitter, it is at Confused Be Fast. Right on. You can find me at uh, Ralph Macchio was snubbed on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> yeah. uh, find some videos on Facebook if you like. <laughs> you can find me anywhere on social media. A-J-A-Y-V-E-N-S. It's A-J Vans anywhere on social media. And I am uh, Mike at South Bend Shovel Slayer Conspiracy Theories <laughs> <laughs> I like this new segment. Follow the, follow the Reddit. <laughs> There's a subreddit. It's all it's real good stuff. So, all right, well, we, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. Okay, Merry bye. Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. You're right. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Kevin. Merry Christmas. A weenie whistle. <laughs> bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.